Welcome to the Three Wine Guys with Terry, Steve-O, and Scott. I'm Dex Harrington, and today's show is a blogcast. Let's see what the lads have drunk lately. Gentlemen, commence the whining. Fellas, how are you? Not too bad, T-Bone. You're in, uh, still part of your uh, maternity leave. Steve-O's reaching for his uh, microphone. Yeah, Hola. I'm still on maternity leave right now. Yeah, we're in the uh, first or second week of October now, so the trees are starting to turn. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, you're you're well up to your elbows in uh, used diapers now. I would think so, yeah. So. yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Should we just get on with the wine, I guess? Or? Yeah, good news. Next week we'll be coming out with the new... Uh, New show, newly recorded with new jokes. Yes, new joke. Yes, and, I, and updated nothing, topics. Nothing. Updated, updated topics. topics. There you go. Yeah, it's always fresh. It'll be fresh. We've, it'll be fresh. These were recorded in the past, weren't they? Yeah. These with were the, baby the, on the way. podcasts of times past. Times my, past. Yeah. yeah. You, you, I went so high. People couldn't. <laughs> yeah. The dogs are barking. The dogs. Yes. Yes, <laughs> they, they do that all the time anyway. Uh, yeah, when I walk by that, when I when I'm on a walk, the dogs, they, you know, I walk by people's yards. The dogs put the they they do the Brian, the Family Guy Brian. They put the they put their butts on the ground and do the, the, the jag. The <laughs> yeah. oh. You know what? That's why I can't drink vodka at home because I do that on the uh, living yes. room floor yeah. on the carpet. Yes. Everybody has their demon liquor. I realize that mine, without question, is tequila. Oh yeah, tequila is my blackout liquor. When I drink tequila, I will blackout or I just I, don't, I just don't remember things. Yeah. I mean, I'll, just, I'll just leave a bar and the vodka's mine. It's like yeah. I jump on moving cars. Done it before. Yes. Steal stuff. Yes. yes. And then um, buddy up with homeless people. And yeah. Offer, yes. offer to take them to church. Yeah. Yes. No. Do the, you remember that? Yeah. Took them to the the, the Catholic charities. So. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Glad I'm I. Glad, glad I'm, I keep I'm, drinking. I'm glad you're somebody's dad. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, that yeah, store. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, if I get one thing going for me is the fact that it's not like I'm trying to raise a kid. It's like I'm not like you know I'm not passing on these pearls of wisdom. You yeah, know, because you know what are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, who's first? I was first last time. Somebody give me some. Hit Demo. me. Hit me. Okay. Um, my first wine is I'm gonna I'm gonna possibly butcher the hell out of this uh, oh, yeah? this name, but it's um, Domaine des Ah. Um, I'll, you wrote that down. Just give it to me. I know. Aboise Air. Aboise Air. Aboise Air. Aboise No, I did the phonetic uh, reading here. Where is it? Here, I'll type no, it No, out. no, no. Just forget about it. Okay, fine. Spell it out for our A- audience. A-U-B-U-I-S-I-E-R-E-S. Okay. I, I can't spell. But anyway, so I, uh, I'm going to uh, stick to it. Abuizier. 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 Like Penny Abuizese? Yeah. Sure. And Some and sausage and... Uh, yes. And this, and this one's a Vouvray. It's uh, the 2007. Ooh, nice. Oh, I, I know exactly what it is. I know exactly how it, the cursive and everything. I yeah. Know exactly yeah, how that's exactly looks. what it is. 1,600 yes. cases per, uh, imported. Uh, it's a Cuvée de... The wine chick loves... I mentioned it before. She is an absolute... Um, Chenin Blanc whore. Well, this is this is a great one. Um, it's um, it's the Cuvée de Silex. Uh, Cuvée de Silex. Silex, yes. Uh, th- this wine is made by Bernard um, Foucault and um, is well is known. Is he related to Lord Foucault? <laughs> no, no. From Shrek? No, well, that's right, yeah. 
Yeah, he's well known for making um, terrific Vouvray. Um, he he takes a lot of pride in creating wines that reflect the terroir. He always talks about the terroir and the regions, um, and, and the case of the soil with this. So this guy's kind of almost like, he's like a Didier Dagonal wannabe. Yeah, yeah. Didier I'll, Dagonal. Probably with that Silex and the, yeah, and the name Silex. of it. Silex. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's not Silo. Don't fucking think Silo. It's Silex. Yeah. Silex, yeah, yeah. And the other difference is this guy's still alive, right? Yes. Yes, he is. He did, he did. Yeah. He did. Yes. Yeah. So he always talks about the minerality of the soil, and he wants to, the, 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 the fruit to reflect that in the he, glass. This guy, this guy is Dagonel copycat. Yeah, I think so. So, uh, I mean, so the, the, this is his entry level wine. It's sourced from three estate vineyards. He also produces some. Um, th- this is his entry level, and he produces two upper tier uh, wines, uh, Vouvray's that, uh, that that cost a little bit more. That are each uh, individually. That's a state grown fruit. This is a mm-hmm. blend of, of of the three. Uh, he also makes a sparkling wine. So. I wish I could get more. This is all off of Babblefish, you know, trans really? the translation, nice. you know. Yeah, Alta where, Vista. Uh, yeah, so it's like very, very choppy from what I could get. And, it, I mean, his site was limited. Uh, trying to find more information about it, I, I, could, I wish I could have. It's I'm, great when it starts saying that they talk about shrubbery, and you're like, what the hell is shrubbery? <laughs> right. You know? What's a collar? How many collars is, uh, is cases? They refer to it as like production, 12,000 collars. C-O-L. I don't know. Cases, it's got to be. It's got yeah, to be like a mis- yeah. mixed translation yeah, tr- but, of yeah. cases. So. Okay, you're losing me. Yeah, keep, so, keep so, me focused. So, so this this wine um, is about 18 bucks. Um, it, it had real nice straw, like pale hue, hue in the glass. Uh, real rich nose. The, this is, I'm bringing, breaking up the Stevo. It had stewed pear. Stewed Stu- pear. Like a stewed white pear. Okay, see, I could go poached pear. I would not say stewed pear. Oh, okay. Who wants to make a pear with? Uh, who wants to make a stew of pears? Well, it's a but stewed I've fruit, had poached though. pear, dynamite. Oh yeah, poached pears. Okay, really. okay. Yes. Let's No, no, no. They say stewed pears, but oh, this translated. This, this though. is no, no, no. This is my my taste. Oh, you said stew. You yeah. didn't use pear compote. That's out of the T Bone Dictionary. How, well, how, okay, is that is that the new T Bone Dictionary? Yeah, yeah. The T Bone Dictionary says pear compote. Yeah, you're going pe- stewed pears. Yeah, stewed pear. I tell you right now, Scott. Would you ever have pear compote or stewed pears? Stewed pear. Oh, you're you are insane! <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Right. You're damn right, I'm you totally are. <laughs> Who wants stewed pears? The, the po- anybody wants the to look on your face was priceless. <laughs> yeah, the, the poach. I, I think the poached pears is better though. So. Poach, yes, I yes, I. But agree. it's like white pear, like like you know, it's like that. Uh, uh, okay, as opposed to black pear. No, no, I'm not, like like um. It's like that uh, fleshy part of it without the skin, you oh, know, like that. Yeah, of course. Yes, I hear you. So the, the, then with that, there was like lemon, fig, honey, gi- like a little ginger, like a little bit of Asian spice in there. Uh, the, the nose uh, would suggest that the wine would be real syrupy, yet it was real crisp. On the palate, it had a nice rush of like lemon, green apple, melon. Then that minerality really did come through in the wine. Uh, there's a slight slight touch of like sweetness on it but it's not sugared or like candied uh it's a really fun bottle of wine and um yeah i totally recommend it it's especially um i, I think we were saying we're gonna we're gonna look at doing a vouvray podcast uh, yeah i would love to do a vouvray podcast yeah. Yes. so uh, maybe i'll maybe get, we have, we'd have to get like some pumpkin filled ravioli or some pumpkin soup it's october we could do it the yes. next yes. podcast yes. and so so, so I, I will um maybe i'll add this in the the mix when we do it that then so well, if yeah. you can find it my, yeah. yeah if i can find it that is so. yes all right so we move it's on 07 or 08 this was the 07 and what'd you give it 
Oh, I'm sorry. B, just a solid B. It's okay. a great, great bottle. It was one. eighteen bucks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. so I've had it many right. times. All right. might. Awesome. Um, my first wine is uh, one that Steve and I had about two weeks ago or so. Uh, it's the Paul Jubilier uh, Hermitage, the Dave Chappelle, or as <laughs> they like to call it, Le Chappelle. La Chappelle. Right. And uh, it's the 2003. Did I, not, did, did, I, did I did not do this wine? I did not talk about this wine? I don't think so. Should, I, I did a joke we, about the Chappelle. Oh, no, I typed in. You typed it. You Facebooked I, it. I Facebooked And yes. tweeted it. Oh, I remember that. I did not tweet I'm it. trying to think I about how I did it, not tweet it. I've never tweeted. Oh, there you go. I don't know how to get on a tweet. Twit, twit do, you, do you have it? On, do you have internet on your phone? On my phone? Of course. <laughs> of course I do. Well then but you can then you can log into Twitter. I don't have. I, yeah, we could show you. Yeah, well, we'll do we'll that. We'll show you. We mentioned that. By the time this is out, you'll be, you'll be you'll, you'll be because I'll be I'll be I would be Twittering in Green Bay during, during every football game. Hey, why not? Yeah, yeah there to, you go. Let's get you on it. Get on it. Get you. Get you. Do you think we? Do you think when we tweet? We tweet. We should put a little like initial or something. I always put dash Scott. Oh, okay. unless it's like a photo thing, and then it's pretty obvious if you go to yeah. tweet pics or twit pics. Yeah, then you can see who's in the you picture. Would have thought by but fall I always do that dash you guys would have gotten me set up on Twitter. Yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll have Scott. Take you're, you're busy. Scott will do it. Uh, but yeah. no, I always put dash Scott. If okay, you look at the bulk of my postings, I put dash Scott. So if it hasn't been, if it, there's no dash Scott, it's, it's me. Then probably not me. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think there's a couple there that I didn't, but I usually do. Uh, getting back to the Paul Jubilier, the La Chapelle. This is a two thousand. Three, um, you still can actually. I've seen it. They still have it at the Costco bias. Word up! So um, it's an older vintage, but if you search around, they might. It's pricey. Uh, I've seen 40, it as high. Bucks. No, I've seen it as high as uh, one hundred ninety dollars, one hundred seventy-five dollars. Yeah. Uh, when wow. It, when it first came out, the release price is a hundred bucks. Um, and what they did with this vintage. Um, they normally produce about 96,000 bottles or so. Um, for this vintage, they cut back the stock. 96,000 bottles. Bottles. Okay, so that so translates right. into... 800 cases. 8,000 cases. 8,000 cases. Well, 8,000 cases. Yeah, like what they did with this is they did a lot of trimming um, and brought back the yield to where they produce 50,000 bottles or... 4,000 cases. 4,000 cases. Wait, what did you say was the... What was the case production? uh, Went from 96,000 bottles to 50,000 bottles. Oh, 50,000, yeah. I was right. right. Uh, Getting back to this, though, this is a... uh, It's a Rhone Hermitage um, that's just a big, huge bottle of goodness i mean this is when i when we had it i mean it, we had it i had it decanted for about i think like about an hour or so which not much really no yeah. it, it is it, it isn't much but to have something decanted when we're drinking on a friday night for an hour that's some that's staying a, power yeah um and it, and it took another hour or so hour and a half to finish it so it was one of those bottles where that very last glass yeah was the, was best, the yeah. dynamite glass that draws you back in for more do you ever, do you ever do would you ever decant a wine like a like at lunchtime knowing that you're gonna drink it on like a like a friday night something like that no yeah no because even even when we decanted the torbreck run rig how um, yeah, he did. chris did it like the night before and then rebottled it i'm a fan of the Pop it, decant it, and 
you know, I, if it's I, not ready, open something else up. Right. Go and back that's, to it and that's usually what we do. We end up popping a white or, you know, or a lighter red or something like that. But, yeah. but this is a big, huge beast. Uh, you got like, you know, all different earthy aspects to a truffle, uh, some good spice to it. So what'd you think, Steve? Um, well, I, I thought the wine was, was great. It was funny because initially I thought that I, I didn't realize that it was you know, where it was from. I thought it was, a. I thought it was a Chateau de Pop. Yeah. So I was thinking that, you know, the Grenache wise, wow, it's really earthy and this and this and that. And I'm like, wow, you know, and that was kind of hard for me to put my, 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 my hands around. But then when I realized, oh my gosh, where, yeah. where it was from, I thought it was, it was a delicious wine. Um, but in my mind, I kept thinking it was like a 50 to $60 wine. I didn't, wasn't thinking that it was a 150 to $200 bottle of wine. Yeah. So the beauty of this is that I got it for, uh, an anniversary present, yeah. and then right after that, I got it for a birthday present. Right. So my parents were consistent. <laughs> so they're <laughs> like, "We got right. you this. You like it?" I'm like, "I love it." So I, and I, I got that I, a couple of years back. So it was pretty cool. I really liked the wine, but for the price, mm-hmm. that is it's pricey. That's a tough. That's a tough haul. I, I believe the. Uh, more recent vintages, I, they've got them at Costco. I, I swear it's like around like fifty bucks, forty bucks. I mean, it's just it's that one vintage though yeah. that's the kicker. I thought it was a beautiful wine. Yeah, but uh, but I'm saying is that I would have given this wine like a B plus and minus for like forty, fifty bucks. Yeah. Wow. You know, five hundred fifty, two hundred bucks. It, you know, it's it's a B wine. Yeah, it's still B though. That's no, no, because it's it's B beautiful five. wine. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but but I mean, it's, it's not it's not something that I mean. You weren't blown it, away by it, by it because of the cost. Yeah. No, what I'm what I'm, all I'm saying is that you know it, it it went from a wine you should look for or you should definitely try to get to a wine. Why well, just get it? I mean, if you're lucky, you can have it, enjoy. It, it's great. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So um, it's yeah, it's a, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you what do you think? I completely thought it was a B, B yeah. plus. I mean, this, it was a delicious, delicious wine yes. at that price. Would I buy it? Would I personally buy it? That's yeah. why I gave it a B. Yeah. But if someone else is buying it, it's an A. Yeah, why I mean, not? It's just, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a great wine. Yeah. I'm just saying it's that. It's awesome. No, but yeah, would, would I spend, you know, anything over, bucks. even at 100 bucks, would I spend 100 bucks cash from my pocket to buy it? I don't think I would. That Lacrisse yeah. that, that du Casse, when he gave me that, gave me that bottle yeah. at the tasting, yeah, I mean it was one of those things. Like, is it? it yeah, it's a phenomenal bottle of wine. Is it? Yeah. Am I going to go out and spend three hundred bucks on it though? Yeah, the Larcis de Cas. Yeah, Lar- Larcis de Cas. That's Cos. the one the wine chip bottle drank it. Yes, cook, 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 right out yeah. of the top. Yeah, she just chucked it right out of the top. Of like it. that's a lady. That's Steve's uh, lady. lady friend. Yeah. yeah, she classed it up that night. I think that was the first time I met her too. Yeah, yeah, it was a good oh, time. <laughs> okay, Steve. Oh, you're we, we, had, we had to leave early, and then you guys went to the yeah. Oh, god, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we're gonna go back to our friends. Um, I should. I'm, 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 I'm being smug over at uh, at Penarash. Um, Penarash was one of the, one of our very first. Well, I think one of our first five podcasts we ever did was Oregon Pinot Noir. That, we actually, right. that was releasable. <laughs> no, was we releasable. didn't release it. Oh, we didn't. No, we didn't. You sure we did? No, we didn't. Oh three, oh three. The very first. Pinot Noir, we didn't because there is a discrepancy in another wine that we covered that you had said that the uh, there's like a divorce involved in this and that. And oh, that's completely wrong. And, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. So right, the legal right. department told us to pull it. 
Yes. So, right. so, so that would have before editing technique. Yeah. Kept okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I think for, starting from the 2002 vintage was the first time I ever had Pinarash wines. Yeah, but it was one of our, getting back to what you're saying, it was one of our okay, first yeah. podcasts. And, and, uh, yeah, so we selected and it a three and, and, and one, and it was great. And uh, we have been buying and drinking Pinarash ever since. Definitely. I still have, I, I think I have a couple bottles of 04 and I have a couple bottles of 06. I I've got probably like a dozen bottles of Pinarash. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I have 04 and 05. Nice. It's just, I've, I've never purchased anything more than just the Pinarash Pinot, though, just the standard. Right. I think I still have the first Pinarash that we did. I think I still have one bottle of that left. No kidding. I, so, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the, the, just a typical blockheaded guy, my, my bitch, because I have to bitch because it's, it's warranted. So, it's Lynn Pinarash, and Lynn is essentially, you know, the she's the mind behind. Ron is no slouch. Ron's a brilliant guy, but Lynn's the you know she's the one with you know the the knowledge degree. She went to UC Davis and mm-hmm. studied viticulture and enology, and she first started out at Stag Sleep Wine Cellars, nice. and uh, she was enologist there for about five years, and then she moved back and uh, in, in, you know into the whole Oregon wine thing and and uh, brought her husband Ron. So here's my bitch. She's Lynn Pennerash, and he's Ron Pennerash. So, here's what I'm trying to figure out. Was he Ron Pennerash to begin with, and then she just became Lynn Pennerash, or was she, or was she Lynn Penner and he Ron Ash, and then they said, so if that's the, de- I, I'm, I cannot forgive them if he has taken the name because she took the name. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I, my sociology teacher, where I met my wife, yeah. in college twenty years ago, actually this month. Was Level Troy, and he took his wife's name. Okay, that's stupid. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Here's what I can understand, and here's what I can appreciate, is that if you're a guy and your your mother is the last of her family to have a name, and her name is going to die unless you carry it, then you add her name to your existing name, and then you carry her name with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, and that, so in that case, so you just you take the name. And I, I, that I can understand. Right. But I'm trying to figure out how else it can work. Because if I'm, if, you know, if I'm marrying Mrs. Winecheck and whatever, and, I, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm Steve 03 Wine Guys, I mean, how's that going to work? I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't yeah, get you put a hyphen in. A hyphen. But what I'm saying is that I'm not going to take my wife. If my wife wants to add my name and, and have my last name become her middle name now. Right. Granted, but I'm not going to make. I'm not going to add. There was a while back when you heard a lot more that I. I really don't hear too many people nowadays. If the wine chick's last name is Smith, you are not. You're not going to see Steve O. Smith Antonucci. Right. Well, my my wife didn't take my last name, but I wasn't about to take hers either. You know what I mean? Fine. Yeah. So I'm fine with that. I'm just saying. it, It really bothers me. I maybe I don't know why. Maybe it's just. I mean, blocking well, it. And I get it. I'm being narrow minded in this, but if someone can explain that to me. So when I meet these guys, I'm going to have to find the scoop. And, and if you're at a wine tasting and some bald, you know, obnoxious bastard starts asking them about, you know, where did the names come from, a blah, blah, and you're kind of, you. that's going to be me. <laughs> so if you see Ron strangling some bald guy, that that's the situation. That's so now at least for security, every wine tasting they go to in the Midwest, they can say, look out for this They're guy. coming. They're doing a wine dinner at Bin 36, I believe. N- this month. And, oh, oh, good. oh, sorry. 
Oh no! Oh, they, they did it, a wine dinner. It, it occurred they, last. They, they, uh, so may, maybe we already have. Maybe we already have a restraining order. In, uh, there, there may already be a restraining order in place against, but that won't be the first. Yeah, it's certainly <laughs> not going to be the last. Sure. You know, I mean, sure. I'm okay. Call me obnoxious. Call me a blowhard. Blah blah blah. But the fact is, is I've got my my scruples. Yeah, the the blowhard and I, and stuff unyielding. doesn't. The blowhard stuff doesn't stick, but the restraining order does stick. Yes, it does. It is binding. It is binding. It is binding. Yeah. So anyway, um, you know, Spinnerash, it's a beautiful winery, and these guys, you know, they, they do an, a, a, a great job with, with their wines. Um, I love their Viognier. Not a big a fan of their Syrah. I think their Syrah is a little bit too light for me, but that being said, I'm not a huge fan of Oregon Syrahs. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned how their Syrah is too light, yet their 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 Pinot itself is pretty it's a ballsy, pretty yes. ballsy yes. expression yeah. of yeah. wine. You know, but so. but uh, but their Syrah is cheaper than their Pinot. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So yeah. So, speaking of which, um, speaking of ballsy, my little guy just texted me good night and big balls. Nice. You know, from Wipeout, the TV oh, show. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, I watched oh, it. Good show on TV. Yeah. It's a good show. Um, a couple a while ago. Um, Scott and I were doing our typical Friday night play poker and you poker know, get, get, get hammered Club on WPT wine. Club WPT for any of these. And the second one that Scott pulled out um, was a real surprise. I brought a nice bottle of wine. Scott had already had a bottle of wine open, and then he pulled out this one. It was the Oso- oh the wine. Sorry, yes, I wasn't sure where you were going with this. <laughs> yeah, your wife was still there. Right. Um, anyway, so Scott pulled out the Penarash, the uh, the 2007 the the Rebeo. Um, which is a Syrah Pinot Noir blend, mm-hmm. basically 75-25, Pinot, 25% Syrah. And um, this is a low-production wine. Oh, they, they only make, they make, I believe... Four about, bottles? No, they make, but, I think they oh. make 12 different wines, and they make eight, like 8,000 cases total. So you can do the math. Wow. On average, they make less than 1,000 cases per wine. On average, I'm just, you know... Um, anyway, but it's readily available here in Chicago, though. I mean, they must in have the big markets. Good, it certainly yeah. is. Yeah, they've got. But but I mean, uh, all the all the big wine shops that and all the to, good wine markets, the, yeah. the, some of their wines will be available. Yeah. But we get a lion's share here. Right. But on the East Coast, down South, I mean, I've heard of people. Well, the East Coast, they have Milwaukee. their Finger Lakes wines. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. So they don't they don't need anything else, right? right. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, they they make I about five hundred cases of this wine. So it's not available. Not like the regular, just the regular Pinots that you might find. But if you do find the Rubeo for around twenty to twenty-five bucks retail, this is a really terrific wine. And I got it for nineteen. Okay, sure. We were we were at the the taste room in Chicago at the yeah they had it there and they had it there for twenty-five. And I was thinking yeah. I, I I had to I had to double double check it because I was like, well, what is that? Because yeah. I, I hadn't seen it. And then you you were like, that's oh, we drank bu- it the night before. That's why I saw it, bought it, and popped it. Where, where'd you see? Where'd you get that? Got it at uh, Sam's. Not Sam's Club, but Sam's Wine and Liquor, which is one of the yeah, bigger. nineteen bucks. Yeah, nineteen. So, bucks. so here is what was surprising about this wine to me: is that two thousand seven was not the greatest. It's a Syrah vintage. and Pinot. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yes. Hubbard, Hubbard, and, and and by the way, I don't I don't blame them, and I, this because oh seven wasn't the greatest vintage for for Oregon Reds. And yeah. some people from Oregon right now say, bullshit was great, but no, I'm just telling you right it's now. As a, as a whole, generality. Yeah. It, gener- it, was, it was not nowhere near as good as oh six. Anyway, um, so for this price range. It was great fruit, yeah, crisp, delicious. It was a delicious, really nice wine. 
and I know people for you wine geeks out there saying, "What the hell is that?" What do you, and I'm just saying that in s- simplistic terms, it was There's delicious nothing, wine. Yeah, nothing wrong with it, and it made, and you wanted to drink it. I wanted to drink it. I I didn't care. I wasn't like you weren't going thinking, through. About, it was not a sipper and thinker. This was. You know, uh, uh, this was just put it in the glass, knock it back, and, and enjoy it. You know, I really, really liked drinking this wine. Mm-hmm. What can I tell you? That's cool. Um, it's going to be hard to find. Um, uh, but like I said, if you can, without question, if you see it from, I don't know, from $20, $25, without question, I would buy it. It's going to be hard to get. You might want to even join the wine club and get it. But for twenty twenty five bucks, it's and I would think if you're going to join an Oregon wine club, that's a pretty safe bet to join. That you're not going to yes. get a lot of like crap bottles sent no, to you. No. Every one that I've had from them, even their uh, uh, special you, single you, vineyard you, that's you know a little what? pricier, I, I was gonna, yeah. really good. No, I, I was going to say that you know you and I had some of their single vineyards. Well, I gotta admit, is that there have been times when I've enjoyed the regular Penarache more than the single yeah, vineyard stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The Goldschmidt and yeah. uh, the, um, the the I forgot the other one. The, the yeah, we, I, we've Schmidt, had two of them. Sometimes yeah. it's the you know, but blending, the blending the best of but I think both I would, I would, worlds. Yeah, yeah. Right. but anyway. So um, anyway, that being said, uh, that's my first wine, and I'll stick to it. You'll stick to it. Okay, my second wine is from. I have to remember what I did. Oh, it's from Kunde, and. Uh, it's 2004 uh, state-grown Syrah. Now, I when I was first got into wine, I really enjoyed Kunde. As m- my palate progressed, I started falling away from it. You know, bye bye. But Kunde is um, <laughs> yeah. So, so this wine is th- that's that's the, I was, that was the, my road runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Kunde was a value sort of value wine, and um, um, I sort of started leaning away from it. Uh, this is this is the, the 2004 estate grown Syrah, uh, 90 percent Syrah, six percent Cabernet Sauvignon, three percent Viognier, and one percent Zinfandel. Sort of a strange. Wow, one. interesting. Yeah, 5,800 cases. Now the reason why I'm talking about this wine now is because it's an 04, and you're thinking this is one, uh, even a, this is not a readily available wine. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I give a grade to that Pinarash Robeo? No. No. I would give that one a B plus. Word. Yeah, that's what I get. You gave it a B plus? B plus. Okay. Sorry. So um, this is a 2004 state-grown uh, Kunde, Kunde from, from Kunde, um, and it's a Syrah. 5,800 cases. I, I The reason why I'm talking about it is it's still available from their website, and what had happened, um, I guess they released a lot of this just recently because uh, it just hit our market. Uh, Kunde Estates has been making wine under their own name since 1990, but they have a long history. Uh, Louis Kunde was a, a German immigrant um, who purchased a vineyard from uh, John Drummond in 1904. Uh, what you talking about? Drum, no, Drummond. Oh, Jim, Mr. Drummond, yeah. Word, <laughs> word up. Um, John planted the, the first vines in 1879. Uh, he had obtained the cuttings of the Cabernet Sauvignon from uh, Chateau Margaux in Lafitte Rothschild. Um, after prohibition, the vineyard uh, primarily sold their crops to local winemakers. Uh, some of them have added uh, the Kunde name to their labels. Uh, Paul Hobbs makes a Kunde uh, sh- uh, a Chardonnay from Kunde. Yes. So, um, so they have a long history of making of of growing grapes, but um, you know their their history is sort of short in making wine. Um, this wine was opaque with a nice, like vibrant, uh, like magenta rim you get or brim on the, on mm-hmm. on the on the on the Syrah. 
Uh, initially, the wine was like a pure California Syrah, like uh, bright fruit up front um, with cherry, raspberry, and clean oak. Over time, the, the wine sort of muddled, got a little muddled. Um, the nose was showing more black fruit, more like plum and tar uh, spice. Um, the, the t- there were still some grippy tannins to it. Uh, it gave way to like chocolate, dark plum, raisin. The raisin sort of carried throughout this wine. Uh, like the, overripe fruit? A little bit almost, yeah. yeah. Stewed fruit? A little bit. And then the finish showed um, like black pepper and a bit of like creamy vanilla. Uh, a wow. decent bottle of wine, but you know, if I drank it blind, I wasn't thinking California, I was thinking Australia. Mm like an affordable Australian wine. Um, at $22, I, I gave it like that B minus C plus range. Right. This, they had many cases of it for, I think it was $10. So it was, it was, it was 12 bucks off of the cost. Their website, I think it has it for $24. Uh, $24, even at $14, I thought it was one of those wines I just... Felt like there was, it wasn't enough focus on 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 the right the the, the, the good fruit that the, that there was that was in there. I thought there was too much going on with it. Mm. But um, yeah, so that's just my take on that. This was like their twentieth anniversary, I think it was. This is the twentieth anniversary bottle, so they started making wine in in um, in nineteen ninety four. Nice. Sorry, nineteen eighty four. So um, yeah, so that's it. Cool. Uh, yeah, twenty two bucks B minus. So nice. Awesome. C plus. Uh, my second wine, and actually I only have two, is actually from uh, the fine producers at Owen Rowe. Yes. Uh, they keep coming out with new labels all the time, and this is one of their new labels called uh, Corvide, C-O-R-V-I-D-A-E, Corvide. Sure. Uh, and it's I. called The Keeper, and this definitely wins the coolest label award. It's got a big black... They have good labels, though. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, got the, the big yeah, black do. raven on there, and uh, I believe the references to an, a, uh, to an Edgar Allan Poe uh, poem. Poe. Poe. Poem. You, you said pole. Pole. Poe. Yeah. Poe poem. Um, <laughs> to, it's yeah, a tongue twister. I'm still dressed, man. It's, mean, a, it's a tongue twister after uh, El Brano. Um uh, this is from the Yakima Valley in Washington. Y- Yakima. Yakima, close enough. <laughs> Yakima. Hickama. Hickama. The Hickama Valley. Yeah. Uh, within this uh, wine company of Owen Road, they actually have a Chardonnay. Uh, this is a Cab Franc, which is called the Keeper. Uh-huh. Uh, the Chardonnay is called Mirth, and then the Rook is a Cab Merlot Syrah blend. Cab Merlot Syrah blend, got it. And uh, my wife, being a big fan of Cab Franc, whenever I see Cab Franc that I haven't had, I pull a bottle ding, out. Ding, ding. And this is one that I highly recommend if you buy. Put it in your cellar and don't even think about it for a year or two because this is an 07 and it was so young. You had it. Yes. Um, it was just almost tight. almost unbearably tight. You know, yes. it was, I don't even think, decanting it for a couple it's hours. Almost, it's almost get punched in the face tight. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, because any tighter, you want to get punched. You, if you pull it out, you would almost get punched in the face. Yeah, uh, that was the the first problem I had with it. Second problem was it, it came off to me as a bit thin. It wasn't like a, you know, I'm, I'm a more of a 
you know the bigger cab front fans you know the granted for the price this runs 25 to 30 dollars a bottle you can buy two of those for the price of soda that I love. I love the soda cab franc. That's great. But in the same price range at thirty dollars, you know, the Walla Walla. Yeah, there, there's a bunch in there that I think are uh, more more you know, to you know, my you know, And also, you know, I, I, here's what I'll say: I'll, it's possible, Scott, that the wine was just released. Yeah, and it was just hasn't come together yet because yeah, Owen Rose be. wines typically aren't that thin. Yeah, that's not a trademark of their wines at any rate. But and who knows? It could. It, yeah, very well. Good could. news is that the wine shop I got it at, they've got a uh, couple of bottles, and I should go back and buy it, and then I'll sit on it and revisit it. But yeah. for now, it's really to even give it a grade. I'd say try it. I mean, it's under it's under thirty bucks, but I really can't even give it a grade. It's so young. You know, I thought I was going to be you know on the cusp of trying something new, and I actually regret opening it. So yeah. 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 Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, those things happen, though. Yeah, it's all right. Um, I am reviewing the Heron Chardonnay from Heron Wines. Uh, the winemaker's name is Lely Heron. We actually covered her Merlot. Yeah, I think we covered her California Merlot, not her French Merlot. Anyway, when we did our Merlot our Merlot podcast, so uh, Lely had a really interesting background. Um, she, uh, as a child, she spent most of her youth in Africa, traveling around in, in Europe. And uh, when she was in college, she ended up in uh, in France and spent some time there. And um, after graduating from getting her degree, I think she went to the University of Colorado or Colorado State, one of the two, um, she actually went back to France and decided to study enology at the Bordeaux Institute uh, of Wine. And while she was there, she she befriended a number of you know of, of obviously uh, French people. But uh, she left and basically um, went into kind of the the wine world. She went she went into she, she opened up a wine bar and restaurant. Uh, once she, after she got married, who with her husband was Nor- Norwegian, I believe. So in uh, in Scandinavia, or I think particularly in Norway. Um, she had a restaurant and a wine bar. She was doing like wine classes. She was doing some TV and radio work all about wine. And um, it wasn't until she went back to she went back to France um, and ran into some people who she had studied with, I believe, um, the, the, as the story goes, who were from the Languedoc region. And she befriended them because you know people were talking about different wines that were hot at the time, and everybody was looking for Merlot. And uh, she befriended these guys, and every, you know the wines that she found in Bordeaux, everything was just too expensive, and blah blah blah. And in in all regions down, you know, in southeast France and Saint Chinian, this this uh, this kind of this obscure region, she was able to meet these two guys who were producing this old these old vines, Merlot plants. So Merlot in the '90s was super hot, in I mean, it was super popular the way, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, the way Pinot Noir is now. And so she was like, well, how can I get this wine over there? So she met some friends back in San Francisco and decided, you know what, what the hell, I'm just going to go for it. So she signed a lease with these guys, to, to a 20-year lease to get their fruit, started producing her wine, and then ultimately started you know, showing it to, to people who she knew, restaurateurs and sommeliers who she knew uh, in San Francisco. And that's, that was kind of her story. Um, the first wine she ever made d- domestically was her Chardonnay. It's kind of a – so now it's kind of weird because in – in so- South France, at the the, wine, the Enology Institute in Montpellier, her Merlot, out of Saint-Chinian, out of the Languedoc region, is used as the benchmark Merlot for teaching winemakers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, that's uh, cool. Yeah, and um, 
and her Chardonnay. So her pal is really sort of very traditional, kind of old school. And um, so basically what she does is that she doesn't own any vineyards at all. And so she makes a Spanish wine from Terra Alta. She makes two wines in France, one from Limoux, which is southeastern France, which is, uh, which is a, a Pinot Noir. And then from Saint-Chinian, she makes her Merlot. And then in California, she makes an additional four wines. Her Chardonnay is not your typical California Chardonnay. And what I mean is that – so what she decides to do is that because of the context that she has, she's able – you know, she's able to buy fruit from great sources. So she saves money there. So she ultimately ends up spending her money on facilities and on barrels. She uses nothing but French oak. Doesn't use American, doesn't use anything else, but uses nothing but the best French oak she, she can get her hands on. She does not put her Chardonnay through any malolactic. So a lot of times when people think, okay, Chardonnays that don't go through mallow, they, they're, they're going to be really bright, really crisp, and really high-toned. But what she does is that she does, she leave, her, her barrels are all one new, like a, a third new, and then the other part is one in two year. But what she does is that she, she does the batonnage when they stir, you know, they stir the, the, the Chardonnay on the lees. So by keeping the, 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 the wine on the lees for six months in the barrel, it softens the wine. So her wines are soft, but they're not buttery, Yeah, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so her Chardonnay, to me, I, it's, if I had to, it's funny. I really I love her Chard, and picking a red, or my favorite red for me, is hard. I, probably, I might have say it might be her French Merlot, but anyway, I, I, I digress. About her Chard, um, the, the, the wine is crisp but soft, has a real roundness to it, and it definitely has a, a creaminess about it. A softness, but without being overly buttery. Um, the wine is a it, to me it, because of that Christmas and because it doesn't go through the, all the mallow, it re, it, it re, retains a lot of its character. And to me, I think it's a it's a great food Chardonnay. And the most impressive thing about it is that you know she makes her wines. She you know she wants her wines to be in the best restaurants. You know she was she studied you know she studied her master wine. Her friends are sommeliers and restaurateurs, and her whole goal was she goes look. I want to have kick ass wines that you can serve by the glass that aren't going to fucking rape people. You know, and so she's all about value. So everything hers like a nine to twelve dollar by the glass, eight to twelve dollar by the glass. You know, price of wine, mm-hmm. and her chardonnay. All of her wines, I think they all over deliver. But the Chardonnay, like I said, just keep in mind, it's something to look out for. She makes a lot of it, not not tons, but, you know, about 10,000 cases. Yeah, that's quite a bit, yeah. though. Yeah. So, you know, seven to 10,000 cases of, of the Chard, and it's something. Now, the other thing that is, as I'd mentioned before about the fruit, she buys fruit from, from three places, Carneros, Santa Maria, and Russia, in Russian River. So these are not like, she's not, you know, going out to, you know, Sacramento and, you know, buying wine. So she's getting wine from three great appellations. And then, you know, she, you know, so it was, we kind of mentioned before with, uh, with, oh, that, you know, that was previous pod, sorry, previous podcast, but, you know, so she's getting fruit with different characteristics because she wants to make a, a really complex shard for the price. So because she's able to go out, source her fruit and then save her money elsewhere, it's kind of one of those things where it's kind of passing along the savings, you know, but really, really high quality wine. Um, to me, what's the retail on it? Uh, the retail's probably around, you know, uh, twelve to oh, twelve to thirteen bucks. That's you great. Know? Yeah. How does this compare to, uh, like, the Indian Wells from? Uh, 
I would say similar, but I would say that the Indian well Chardonnay buttery almost. No, I was going to say is it it doesn't have. I think the heron has a little more crispness to it. Okay, it has a little better better acidity. Yeah, they're both soft. I think the the Indian Wells is a little bit softer. Yeah, so it is a soft wine. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's soft. It it doesn't have that. I I think yeah, it's 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 softer than the heron. Okay. And I think the heron has a little more, like it's a little bit crisper, a little bit brighter, a little bit fresher, if you will. Yeah, I see, that's cool. Yeah, that it's a fun one. Yeah. Anyway, so all right. So uh, yes, it's it's it, to me that's it's 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 a uh, for the price, it's a B plus shard. Without question. Why not? That's yeah. cool. That wraps up the uh, baby podcast three, and yeah. I think Ooh, next we're week done we'll be them. we'll be back into a regular show format. If not next week, at least a couple, yeah, or one or two weeks. But yeah. so we'll be yes. back eventually soon. So. Yes. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, check out our Facebook group page and uh, check us out on Twitter and keep listening. Cheers. Word up. Keep whining. Employco presents Great Moments in Freedom. Oh, it's almost midnight. I know, Nuffy, but the boys in the shop want me to get a new health insurance plan with better rates. Oh. I think I heard them talking about throwing me into the harbor yesterday. Mm. And that 401k plan is no picnic in the Glen, you know. But the redcoats are coming and you've got to warn the other colonists. Please hurry. But the tax forms, the king's people have been on my back for weeks. My midnight ride will have to wait. Now, dearie, go saddle up your horse. I'll just call those patriots over at Employco in the morning. They handle employee benefits, human resources, health insurance for any size shop so you can do what you do best. Right, Employco it is. What a great moment in freedom. You didn't happen to see how many lanterns were in the church tower, did you? Oh, my word, can you believe our country's fate is resting on this man's shoulders? Well, I'm off, dearie. Don't forget to call Employco. The Redcoats are coming. The Redcoats are coming. Great moments in freedom from Employco. Call us at 800-459-9800 and give yourself the freedom to succeed. Call 800-459-9800 or visit Employco.com.